0: And now your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins, and I'm so excited to have you again on another episode today. I'm excited about my guest that we have today, and her name is Lauren. And Lauren's going to tell us uh, her story on today, but before she does that, I want to give you a little bit more information about her. Lauren has 20 years of ministry experience with children, teens, and adults, and she has a husband, that and they have been pastors for over about 10 years. And Lauren has authored children's book entitled She of the Bible. She is passionate about sharing the stories of these heroic women to inspire young and old with faith that overcame their fears. And so hello, Lauren, today, how are you? I'm so excited to have you on the show. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing fabulous. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to have you. Would you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
2: Yeah, so I have two kids. I have a 15-year-old daughter. Well, she's almost 15, January 1st, and um, I'm about a, t- a 10-year-old son named Noah, and my daughter is Kaya, and I'm <laughs> married to Kyle, and he is a funny, awesome guy, and we just have a lot of laughter here in our house. <laughs> <laughs> I can
1: only imagine there's just a lot of, bo- of boasting and laughter in the house with all the children. <laughs>
2: That's right. That's right. We laugh a lot. At each other in playful ways. (laughs) Which is a good thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about your journey and what brought you to the place of actually becoming an author.
2: Yeah, it has it has definitely been a very unconventional process of becoming an author. I was not somebody that uh, said, Oh, I want to be an author when I grow up. I didn't even enjoy reading as a kid. I really didn't. I actually listened to a lot of audiobooks. Um, that's kind mm-hmm. of how I would listen to I would just listen to it instead of reading it. It just wasn't my favorite thing to do. So it was an absolute God thing. But for me, my journey started from the time that I was born, which I'm not going to take you all the way back there, but, <laughs> um, I will say I was raised in a really loving home. I had an awesome mom and dad, um, a sister, and we we had, I, I was loved and we were raised to know about the Bible and Bible stories and it just was a great safe house. But when I was around four years old, um, my family traveled to another state and to visit some extended family member over Christmas time. And while we were there, my whole world changed. Um, I went from being just ha- feeling incredibly safe to f- fear entering my life in a, in a really significant way. So when I was around four, like I said, we we my, my sister and I were both put to sleep at night in this extended family's home. Um, my parents were in the same house. They put us to sleep thinking that we were safe and sound. Um, and they went to bed, but in the middle of the night, a different extended family member who had a key to this house, um, came and took my sister and I, mm. to, yes, with, with his wife, they actually did it together and they took us to another location, where there was really demonic stuff going on they were all there was a men and women that were there and their purpose sadly was to worship the enemy worship satan mm-hmm. and they uh, there were other children that were there as well um that were you know, forced into that situation, like my sister and I were. And so it was really, really sad and really horrific. So for me, that was kind of the beginning of when my eyes were opened to the enemy and how scary this world can be. Um, I was told that, you know, my, my sister, my parents would be killed. I would be killed if I said anything to anyone. So by God's grace, he helped My sister and I both to forget for a little while um, until we were in junior high. Mm -hmm. So it's called repression for those those that don't know. Right. It's like it's a God thing to help us be able to push those memories down so that we could cope until we're ready to deal with them. And so when we were both in junior high, we were actually, my sister and I were were around a different family member, extended family member who triggered our memories of sexual abuse because he was super creepy. And we began to have memories and and feel it's just, you know, just fear and all these feelings that were going on. Um, And we were just really beginning to realize that we were sexually abused.
0: Mm-hmm. Now the
2: the memories of the satanic abuse did not come until college, um, but for my sister and I, we both handled it completely different from each other. She, you know, talked to my parents about it. She was really open. We we both told our parents, and they believed us. They absolutely believed us. Got us into counseling and stuff. But I just got really angry, uh, and fear and anger were probably my biggest things that I dealt with as a kid. And so. I pushed everybody away, pushed my parents away, pushed my sister away. I just was like ticked off at the world and terrified of the world. Like I was afraid, you know, like most junior hires want to be home alone, mm-hmm. because you know, they right. <laughs> they want their independence. They want to be left alone. And that was my worst nightmare was being left alone because I just always thought somebody was going to come and kidnap me, kill me. Um, I just was lived terrified. It was a horrible way to live. Um, and then when I went away to college, you know, more began to surface. And by God's grace, He really met me in that, which is another part of my story. But um, all that to say is that understanding that for me, fear was ingrained into my life from the time I was four. So um, when I, after I had kids, I got married, had kids, had my two kids, and I was really feeling a lot of anxiety. And, and just memories were still continuing to come. And I just was feeling trapped and depressed and I didn't want to get out of bed. Everything was just difficult for me. And one night my husband said, Lauren, let's, let's just pray. Let's just ask God if there's anything that he wants to speak to our hearts. Cause we believe that God loves to talk to us and he wants to share his heart with us. So my husband was like, let's do it. Let's pray and just see if there's anything that he wants to whisper to our hearts. And so I reluctantly was like, okay, fine, we can do that. But I I had a lot of unbelief. I just was trapped in anxiety and depression. But I was like, okay, fine, you go ahead. So we closed our eyes and and my husband, after a couple of minutes, he lifted his head and he said, Lauren, I feel like God is calling you an author. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: that was the last thing. I ever thought that God would call me in the middle of anxiety when I didn't enjoy reading and I didn't, I was not a writer. Um, and so my sister actually was incredibly gifted writer and editor. She's amazing. And so for me, I thought, do you have the wrong sister? This is just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> and, but my husband said, Lauren, like God can do whatever he wants to do. So let's just give it to him. We'll kind of put it on the shelf so to speak, and just trust that God will do it if he wants to, you know, in his timing, he'll make it happen. And So that's what we prayed. And I just said, okay, God, well, a year later is when my daughter asked me the question that sparked me writing. She rose of the Bible.
1: Mm-hmm. You say your daughter sp- asked you a question
2: yeah so that's what that's what really (laughs) sparked that that was that inspiration right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. To, to um to write she rose of the bible what was the question that she had asked she asked me she said mom we were on our way to church and my son and her were both in the back seat and she said mom why does god think boys are more important than girls And I said, why would you ask that question? And she said, well, mom, it seems like God thinks boys are more important because all we learn about in church are boys.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And
2: it really struck me. And one of the things we were learning at that time at our church was this term kairos moments. And it's a Greek word, kairos, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it means, you know, it's basically when God intervenes in your day when he just shows up and he intervenes and he wants to speak something to your heart. And, um, we were learning to pay attention to those Kairos moments and to ask ourselves two questions. We were supposed to ask ourselves, what is God saying to me and what am I going to do about it? So there's action. So, because we were learning about that. It was really on. I, I thought, okay, this is, I know this is a Kairos moment. Cause it was like a slap across the face. Like <laughs> to hear her ask me that question was so shocking. And so I said, um, I said, okay, well, let me, um, haven't you heard of Ruth? Haven't you heard of, you know, Esther? I know we've talked about him. And she said, yeah, mom, I mean, I've heard about him, but we don't talk about them like we talk about the boys.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I thought, well, I'm just going to go ahead and buy her a book. I'm going to go on Google. I'm going to buy her a book about the women heroes of the Bible. And the only things that I could find at the time, this was about seven years ago. So she was seven years old when she asked me that question.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I'm, um, That yeah, it's just this cute little (laughs) seven-year-old, and um, so I went on Google and I found only three books at the time that were about the women of the Bible, and all of the books talked about the women like they were princesses. Um, You know, they were very quiet and very sweet and and very um, like it would be called like the princess of hope or the princess of peace, and and so it was really interesting for me. I, I saw that, and that's not. Bad. I mean, it, it helps you know certain children that are drawn to that to understand these women of the Bible more. But for me, one of the things that I had always been drawn to about these women was their uh, their tenacity, their fearlessness, mm-hmm. their um, their heroicness, mm-hmm. and and so and and yeah. And so I thought, gosh, I want her to know about these incredible. Women And I wanted to learn about how bold and strong they were, whether they were quieter or loud, they were still strong. And one of the other things that really bothered me at the time, and again, this was seven years ago, I, I just was like all of the illustrations, the women were Caucasian, and to Mm -hmm. me that really, Bothered me because first of all, it's absolutely not culturally accurate
0: at all. Right, right. You know, I mean, they were
2: in the (laughs) Middle East, so this is not accurate. And second of all, I just I wanted every kid to be able to see themselves in these stories to be to be represented. And so for me, I I thought, gosh, you know, I bet other kids have this same question, and. Th- this is missing in our literature. There is not anything like this. And mm-hmm. this is, I'm not somebody who's creative enough to think of something that hasn't been created before. So I'm like, God, are you asking me to do something about this? So I started, you know, rewriting the stories in just kind of a fun and a dramatic way. As I we would read this, I would read the Bible story and refresh my memory and then write a little story. And my daughter loved it. So what ended up happening is my sister, who I said was an excellent writer and editor, she helped me find my voice. She would read through my my content and help me kind of edit it and help me find my voice. And before the end of of my writing about these women of the Bible, she had uh, really helped me to be able to do it on my own. And so that was such a gift and, and a blessing to be able to do that. So anyway, it really just started as a self-published book. It was only the Old Testament women, um, which were, I want to say, nine stories or, 10, or nine or ten stories, and I can't remember, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so um, during COVID, I ended up writing the other, the new Testament women. I just, I had the time and I felt like it was time to do it. And so I did. And then a publisher found out about my book and was really excited about it and wanted to pick it up. And so he took, they took the, the uh, old Testament one that I had already written the new Testament one. And I thought we would do two different books. They put them together and made it into She of the Bible that came out this last December.
1: Wow! Well, congratulations, and you know, um, we need that. I think as women, because it's a great encouragement, even to young, like you were saying with your daughter. She was at seven years old. Because a lot of times we hear a lot of the men's stories, but we don't often hear about the women's stories portrayed. You know, sometimes in churches mentioned on Mother's Day or special days. Um, but like you said, they were very impactful. And I'm just wanting to ask, you know, when the Lord gave you she rose, which you talked about it's
2: women that are heroes. What makes these women heroic? Okay. So they are heroic because they, one of the things that I realized as I was studying out these women, there was a a thread that kind of was a a single thread that went through all of their stories that was similar. Mm -hmm. And that was that they all dealt with fear. They all dealt with fear at one time or another um, in their story, and they overcame that fear and became fearless because they understood the Lord's love for them and how big God was that he was bigger than any fear they would ever face. And so to me, that made them extraordinary and it helped. And that's something that we can all relate to. Mm -hmm. Um, We can Mm -hmm. all relate to that fear. And to me, as as a kid, I had that fear from the very beginning and it really went throughout my life. So I picked that up right away when I saw people, you know, people like Hannah, who was fearful that she would never have a child or Deborah, who was scared on the battlefield. I mean, it doesn't talk fully about how, how terrified she was, but she was the one who was leading them into the battle uh-huh. and in, in leading the whole church. So, you know, she was scared she was going to die, but she was like, let's do this. God is bigger. And so, you know, you've got, you've got so many different stories, Mary Magdalene, who struggled with, with um, a lot of demonic attacks in her life. And uh-huh. one of them most likely being fear, you know, uh-huh. and so, um, but she turned out to be one of Jesus's disciples, you know, not one of the official 12, but one that <laughs> followed him and was the first to see him raised from the dead. And so just amazing stories of these women who courageous women and their, and their stories of faith and saying yes to God in the middle of their, um, in the middle of their weakness, right. In the middle Mm -hmm. of their fear or anxiety or, um, whatever it was. And they chose, they said yes to, to the Lord's heart and said, you're bigger than, than anything that else that comes my way. Mm
1: -hmm. And while you were talking, I was just thinking, you know, and each of those stories that you mentioned are very relatable, and we have to understand that that's what the scriptures was written for, um, so that we could be able to relate in our lives today, you know, some people say the Bible is archaic, you know, those stories there that was back then but not for now. But even all of those things that the women went through in the Bible's days back then is so relatable today, like you said, with fear and not just even fear, but just dealing with hurt and dealing with yes. um, betrayal and different things like that, with, you know, especially with Rachel and Leah, the things that they experienced as sisters. It's just so many things that you begin to learn and understand, even in your own personal life that you can apply these stories to. And so it's just a phenomenal that we can look back and say these these scriptures they apply to us today, even as far as women are concerned. So isn't
2: that I, crazy? Yeah, that's so crazy to me that from thousands of years ago, God gives us principles in the Bible and stories that we haven't changed. I mean, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same things that we struggle with.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yes. You know, the the scripture that comes to mind, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, you know, and there's nothing new under the sun. So, uh, the Lord, he would allow the scriptures to touch us even now. And then even with our children and even further on through generation, uh, there will always be a relevancy, uh, to be able to help those that are reading and hearing the words of God. So what is the most surprising thing that you discovered while writing these stories?
2: I think for me it was that there were so many women in the in the Bible. I think for me that was one of the biggest things that I that I came to realize. And you know, I had I've had a lot of people say to me uh, after I wrote it, you know, thank you so much for writing this book because there's no there, the Bible doesn't talk about women.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And I said, how could I, how could I write a book about these women? If they're not in the Bible, they are, we just haven't talked about them. We haven't highlighted them, but they're in. And so, and there's hundreds of women that are talked about in the Bible, but I, I pull out 26 women, 20 stories, but 26 women who did these heroic things and so I just i I fell in love with these women, but that's probably the first the, the the major thing that I was surprised by was how many there were.
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Lauren, your book shares the stories of women who conquered their fears through their faith and their trust in God. How are these lessons and life lessons applicable today? I know I' mentioned it just a little bit, but could you expand on that a little bit further?
2: Yeah. Well, and it is true that every single one of their stories, 20 stories, their fears are different. And it's something that every single person can relate to adults and kids. And I've had, I've had a lot of adults say, I'm actually getting it for me because I want to learn about these women. And I want to understand what they've gone through because I relate to it. So, um, you know, we've got Shifra and Pua was another couple of them that were in this, in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, and they were midwives
0: who were, <laughs> yeah,
2: they're the one, they're the reason that Moses, you know, led the Israelites through the Red Sea, because, you know, without them, he would have died because Pharaoh had called for them to execute every newborn Israelite baby boy, mm-hmm. and so they stood up and they oversaw all these midwives, and they said, "No, I, we will not do this. We fear God, and we won't do this." And so, there's a lot of ways that that plays out today, um, where people, you know, whether they're nurses or whatever, midwife, however it is that is there, a, is there an edict to kill everybody right now? No, but, <laughs> but you know, that, that has happened in history, right, right? Right. You know, think about World War II and Nazi Germany and different things that were going on. I mean, they, they there's so many times throughout history that women have had to stand up and say, no, and, and um, I'm going to save these children, you know, and I'm going to love on, on these kids and I'm going to make sure that they're safe and that they won't be, um, won't be killed or won't be harmed. And so that, you know, just every single story, I'm trying to think, I mean, there's, Um, Priscilla
0: in Mm -hmm. the New Testament, you know, Mm -hmm. she's
2: another gal who um, she and her husband ministered together. They Mm -hmm. were a power couple Mm -hmm. and they were friends with Paul and they opened their house and they had a church in their house. And it says that Priscilla taught along with her husband, Aquila, and they were both known for being incredible teachers. And so I think for kids, like, especially for little girls to read these stories and say, okay, if Priscilla did that, I can do that. One of the stories that I love um, is Lydia, and she's the one who loved purple, (laughs) Purple, and she sold (laughs) purple, and she was a businesswoman. And it says she was a businesswoman, and she Mm -hmm. ended up giving her life to Jesus, and um, opened up a church in her home, and allowed um, allowed the apostles to to lead the church in her home. And so she wasn't necessarily the leader of that church, but she got to open her house and say, "Come and do that in here." But I talk about her, you know, obviously there isn't a ton of details in these stories in the Bible. So I had, I got a lot to, of time to just pray and, and ask God to give me the creativity that wouldn't take away from the story, but that would help add to it. Mm-hmm. And so there is creativity for kids. And I just felt like I saw her, you know, as this Lydia, as this little kid who just loved go to, going to the Mediterranean and she fell in love with these mollusks. Cause that's the, the mollusks were mm-hmm. what created the purple dye. Mm-hmm. And so she fell in love with them and got to like, see this purple that they made. And so she fell in love with purple as a child. And so it just tries to draw out in, in kids and adults, this understanding that these women were normal people like mm-hmm. you and me, and they had passions and they had things that they loved and they were childlike and, you know, just for them to see that they're real, they're not just these princesses or these these women from thousands of years ago that no one can relate to no like you can take their story and apply it today just like you said
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and you know I was just thinking about um, through everything if we take it to heart like you said most of those women experienced fear before they conquered their faith they went through that process of fear and a lot of young girls they go through fears and things that we don't even know that they're experiencing and even us as women and when you were talking earlier I was trying to think of an example when you were talking about um, when the midwives they were going to kill um, they were asked to kill the children And they said, no, we were going to stand up to that. And, you uh, you know, there's nothing that we could think of as far as, like you said, today. But I thought about the sex trafficking that's going on
2: um, in
1: the world that, you know, sometimes we close our eyes, but that's something that's major that's happening right now, that we have to stand up and support of the women. You know, it's a global issue, but it has come to North America where we are dealing with that at an alarming rate where our young women and our young girls are being um, trafficked for sex, and it's just a sad thing that is happening. But there are many ways in, in, that it's we could so do sad. in order to be able to try to stand up and fight for that. Do you, do you? So could you say that possibly could be
2: a way as well? Oh my goodness, yes! And mm-hmm. that's actually something that I have a huge heart for is the f- fighting against sex trafficking. And even when I um, when my book first came out, well, before it was even fully published I got copies of the book but they weren't out yet for release for everybody else I ended up saying hey if you purchase you know uh purchase this many books you know um give money towards this many books I will donate a bunch of books to um international justice mission which is also called IJM and mm-hmm. they are an organization that fights against slavery in every form, whether it's in taking place in as sex trafficking or for, um, human trafficking with slavery, basically making people be slaves. Like in India, there's a lot of that happening where they're mm-hmm. forced to make bricks and different things, you know, it's hor- it's horrible. Um, and so, yes, I had, that is one perfect illustration of how I feel like, um, that takes place today
1: mm-hmm. and that we can be advocates in order to um stand up for that and be that example um of christ today in the in, in the church and in the world um, yes. as women you know as men what as well but we're talking about women today so just as men, women advocating for young women and teenagers and college girls and all so on and so forth just being an advocate for them and so she wrote your book she rose of the bible it will just give you, and I'm very interested in it. And I'm um, listeners, I want you to be able to go and purchase the book. And she's gonna tell you a little bit later how to purchase the book. But it's just an encouragement to be able to know where we are and to give us that strength and endurance to say that, hey, if Ruth made it, you know, through all the oppositions and things that she had to go through, then God has given me that same strength and that ability to be able to go through as a woman today. Because if we're not our own encourager, who will encourage us? We know that God is with us, but we have to be, uh, you know, it's good to put, and I was thinking about this today, um, that we have got to, Lauren, encourage ourselves daily in the Lord, surround ourselves with those things that will cause us to be able to grow. And as a woman, when you see uh, more examples of where you are and who you are, it encourages you and pushes you to go even further in your purpose. Do you believe that?
2: 100%. And 100%. And, you know, one of the things that I had mentioned earlier, just even about the the ethnicities and stuff and wanting to show diversity is so that it can go across the world and get into the hands of kids who have been sex trafficked. Um, Again, that happens in North America as well. Mm -hmm. And for the diversity that's here, but also just, you know, for kids all over the world, it's important for them to know that, that there's other people that have gone through, you know, what they're struggling with all the way back to Bible days, they're not alone. And that when they look at their, when they look at these pictures, they see themselves and they don't say oh that's only for Caucasian people mm-hmm. no it's not no mm-hmm. it's not it's for every mm-hmm. single person mm-hmm. um, and that's my heart so I actually got to hire an illustrator and I and I directed her <laughs> on everything she did and I said no 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 not then, one you know race
1: get, right <laughs>
2: get, come on now, get it, get them all in there. So, I mean, my prayer is that, that yes, that if this, you know, that this book would be given to missionaries. I mean, I've given it to missionaries in India and that has been tremendously, um, exciting to me, but my prayer is that, Hey, would you even consider as listeners going on and purchasing, um, online and giving them to any missionaries that, you know, and say, take this back to where, where you do ministry so Mm -hmm. that there can, so that these kids can get this book in their, in their hands. Now, granted it's written in English right now. It's only in English. That doesn't mean it will always be that way. But currently it's only in English, but if you have missionaries that can interpret the stories and, and I'll show them the pictures, it it makes a big difference
1: hmm And that's an amazing thing for it to, to just do to go globally and for others to be able to use it because that's that's what God does. He reaches the nation. And so I'm just excited for what God is doing for you, Lauren, and just even the greater expansion that He's going to cause you to go in this area to be able to do workshops and just really be able to help a lot of women in that area. So I look forward to hearing more about what God is doing in you. Thank you. <laughs> but you know, the listeners of maybe listening today. And dealing with fear and dealing with insecurities and inadequacies inadequacies that they may be going through at this time and don't think they are enough, would you um, just pray for them today that the Lord give them the strength and allow them to know that they are worth something in him?
2: Yes, absolutely. And one thing before I do, I just want to share with everybody because I think this is such a great illustration
0: Mm -hmm. if you're
2: visual to kind of picture this. But I had a friend of mine who was dealing with a lot of um, addiction issues. And so she, because of trauma that she experienced as a child and um, she had gone for comfort to these different addictions. And her counselor at the time recognized that she dealt with a lot of fear. And he said to her, Um, Katie, he said, what's on the other side of fear? And she said, I have no idea. I have no idea what's on the other side of fear. He said, everything you've ever wanted, everything you've ever wanted, everything your heart has ever longed for, everything I have for you is on the other side of that bully Mm. fear. And so if you can conquer that fear, if you can conquer that bully and recognize that that is what's stopping you from getting to that other side of the the things that God has for you, sometimes that's all we need to wake up and go, Oh my gosh, I did not realize I was being robbed from this whole time. Mm -hmm. We, sometimes we have to say no to our emotions. We have to say no to our thoughts that are, you know, or, or the enemy's thoughts that he's putting in our head. We have to say no to it and practically walk it out and say yes. And at first it's hard and it's uncomfortable, but the more and more you say yes, the easier it gets to defeat that fear. And I can say that for my own life personally. So yes, I would love to pray. And with that in mind, um, Jesus, thank you so much for every person that's listening, sparked some things in their hearts as we've been talking and, yeah, and maybe they have their own childhood issues or their own um, traumas that they've experienced or their own fears or hardships that they've gone through. And Lord, I pray as you bring that up, Lord, that you would be faithful to heal every single area in their life, whether that means that they need to meet with a counselor or a pastor to process and pray through that individually. But God, you are a big God and you can heal and they were made for a purpose. They were made for a purpose. You created them each unique and individual. And just like you created them with love and with grace, there is an enemy that wants to destroy. And so we recognize that the enemy has come to try to lie to them, to steal from them or to tell them that they're worthless, that there's nothing for them in this world. And we just rebuke that in Jesus mighty name and by the authority of Jesus, we say no to that. We say no to fear. We say no to worthlessness. We say no to every lie that's been spoken over them, God, and we pray for your presence to come upon them right now, wherever they are, that they will feel. Your Holy Spirit filling them from their bottom of their toes to the top of their head. And I pray that you would be healing physical ailments and that you would be healing right now any emotional or spiritual pain that they have gone through, Lord, that you would touch their hearts and heal yes. them and and reveal yourself to them. Speak to them directly how called they are, the purpose that you have for their lives. Lord, I pray that as they read the scriptures, that, that the words would just pop out to them and they would say, that's for me. That's a promise from God for me and that they would claim it. Lord, help them to punch that spirit of fear in the face yes. and to get hold and claim it. Every single thing that you have for them, all the yes. good stuff, may you just fill their arms to the brink of all the stuff that you have for them. Lord, bless them today in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. I felt the
1: presence of the Lord even in. The amen. <laughs> good. And I did. And listeners please get in contact with Lauren Nelson and Lauren, would you Lauren, would you please tell us about your book and how we could purchase it and even your website on how we can get it?
2: Yeah. Okay. So my website is Lauren L Nelson.com. So it's L a U R E N the letter L and then Nelson dot com. And you can go on there and you can e- email me through there. You can contact me through there. Um, right now, books, are not necessarily available on my website, but where you can go is Amazon. You can go to barnesandnoble.com. You can go to walmart.com. Basically (laughs) any online bookstore that you like to purchase from, you can go on there and get it. So that it is, it is available anywhere. Thank you
1: so much. So listeners, you know where you can get it from, especially Amazon. Everybody knows about Amazon. So (laughs) you can go on Amazon. Two-day shipping,
2: one-day shipping. (laughs) Yes, two-day,
1: one-day, except for holidays. I don't know about that sometimes. (laughs) But you can go on Amazon and purchase that and find out more information about it. Just look Lauren up and just to be able to follow her as she continues her journey and see what The Lord continues to unfold in her life and how she continues to help others because I believe that there's a great expansion coming for her as well. So listeners, go ahead and purchase that book uh, today. And I know that it will bless you amen and so for the next time uh we look forward to seeing you again on the podcast we look forward to bringing you special words from heaven and just begin a- giving you those tasty tidbits that will be able to make you think and bring the word home with you so till the next time god bless
0: thank you for listening to tasty tidbits with dr tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on Goodreads.com or visit her website at www.RenewedFaithMinistriesInc.com Until next time, stay blessed.